everyone, I'm your host, Joy, speaking to you from our podcast studio at Open Door Presbyterian Church. Beyond the Threshold is produced by ODPC Threshold, a media-based ministry of Open Door Presbyterian Church. The mission of The Threshold is to communicate the grace and glory of God through authentic dialogue, creative expression, and purposeful contemplation. So come on in, take a seat. This is Beyond the Threshold. This past January, Open Door began a sermon series called Looking Ahead. Throughout this series, the EC pastors present a vision for the church to be gospel communities sent in the everyday, or GCSE, challenging our church to grow in the gospel as a community on mission. Today we speak with senior pastor John Cha and executive pastor David Ching about this vision and what that means. Good morning and welcome guys. Good morning, Joy. Good morning. Thanks for taking time to be with us today. So glad to be here. Sure. Thanks for waking up early with us. <laughs> um, how's it going? 2019, so far we've only been two months in. How's it feel so far? Wow, well, well it feels like uh, there is just a lot of changes. Um, a lot of changes, not just in the um, practical everyday, but also even in the planning, even in the way that we've been uh, viewing the church and our staff, leadership, our calendar events, etc. Um, so I, I feel excited, but at the same time, it's a lot of uncertainty as well. How about for you, Pastor David? Is it 2019 already? <laughs> <laughs> and we also just had the, the new Lunar New Year. I know. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I was just talking to my son, and he, he said he couldn't believe that he was getting... He's turning 10 this year, and, uh, you know, I think about 30 years ago, and I still think 1970. Um, Pastor John, you kind of talked about some changes and things um, and being excited, but there's uncertainty with that. Can you share with us a little bit about um, what's happening amongst the pastoral staff or how to come about and what do you see? Kind of sure. Um, I think several things have been coming. One is uh, with the whole vision, gospel yeah. community, sent in the everyday. Um, and what's been exciting about this vision for us is that it's involved uh, all the leadership. So uh, not just the staff, but the elders have been uh, very invested and very engaged with this vision as well, to the point where we're talking about our roles uh, as elders. And this will also have implications on our deacons as well as our small groups. It's, it's hitting us at every level. And that's been exciting, uh, but it's also been a lot of, um, I think the word we've been using nowadays is road mapping. So a lot of just trying to see all the different ways that groups can engage and also groups can uh, hopefully find their way and know where they are as opposed to feeling lost. I love that imagery of road mapping because there's sort of this idea of signposts and sort of um, yeah. you know, waypoints rather than sort of this uh, defined flow chart of step one, step two, right? Right. How does that look also as I understand we're also um, having this kind of conversation with not just the English-speaking congregation, congregation but also the Korean-speaking congregation? How does that sort of roadmap look for 
the is whole there, church. The whole church, right. 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 Um, that's where this map is, is kind of unusual because at first we thought this would be a map just within the EC. Mm. Uh, but as we met one uh, during one joint meeting with Pastor Paul, it was really interesting because the way he described the terrain on the Korean-speaking side, it sounded a lot like our terrain. Um, basically, they're struggling because... They had people who were attenders, Sunday worship attenders. Uh, but from that group, not many who were in, invested in small groups. But if they were, they were much more, uh, to put it frankly, consumeristic. How can this group meet my needs? And then when it came to missions, it was the same 15, 20% of the congregation who showed up. And he just did not see a real sense of discipleship, uh, passion for the Great Commission. And um, when he shared that, I, I shared this is the same journey we're on. And so we're kind of certain areas we're trying to roadmap together. Um, and one thing I'm grateful for is that the Korean speaking side, they want to learn. Uh, they want to, they're asking us questions. They want to glean from things that we've been going through. I think it's fun that you use that uh, mile markers and things like that. I mean, I often think of GPS and, you know, even when we do use GPS, a lot of the times when you go to a new area, you can still get lost. Mm. You know, it says you need to take a turn here, but it looks like you're supposed to take a turn down there. And I think that's kind of how I feel like uh, when it comes to navigating through the roadmap of not just the EC side, but on the KC side as well, is that we're almost in a different city, a different country, and we're trying to figure it out. And there's a general guideline, a blue light, for example, that highlights the way that we're supposed to go or at least the direction that I think we're supposed to go. Uh, but there's been a lot of um, recalculating. There's been a lot of redirecting. Yeah. It's been very interesting, but like PJ was saying, I think it's been fun at different mile markers to see how, at least principally, maybe not practically, but principally, we're in the same place uh, with our KC counterparts. And also interesting is that the answer or the way that we are finding or addressing a solution. Principally, we're starting from very similar places, but the endpoints have been very different. So it's been very interesting. I think what's been beautiful about at least our model with the Korean speaking side is nothing is being forced. Um, I think we both kind of intuitively can tell whether something will work together uh, and something is better working apart and us developing it in our own cultural or generational context. Um, some of the places where we see GCSE and interdependence uh, come together is curriculum. You know, it wouldn't it be awesome if from the age of pre-K all the way through college, there's this, uh, this direction, united direction about what is the gospel? Um, how do we start learning how to live missionally? Not just when it, we're in our 20s and 30s and older, but as a teenager, what if we sat down with our junior hires and told them your mission is your intermediate school and let's start figuring this out and you're going to meet together with other brothers and sisters in the youth group and you're going to talk about your school and wouldn't that be awesome? Um, There's one illustration, um, PJ, that you gave um, talking about sharing the clarity of the vision with your 12-year-old and sort of the idea that there was such um, excitement, enthusiasm, yes. and that you were able to sort of um, you know, share that in a very 
very specific way that you were, you know, to that audience. And so you talk about the curriculum to our um, kids, to kids in youth group or, or how, whatever age they are. What, for the, for the 12 year old and all of us, you know, would you mind kind of recapping that vision, the gospel community sent in the everyday for a 12 year old? Sure. I mean, prior to this, what I'm hoping is that it's in their elementary years that they would um, really understand and grow in the foundations. Mm. What is the gospel? What is the story of God? Um, what is it that God has called us to do and who God has called us to be? And then starting, you know, whether it's junior high or high school, is for them to start living this out. So I would love for, uh, let's say now for a 12-year-old, together working with our youth pastors and all the teachers and volunteers, for them to be able to sit down and to begin dreaming um, and to begin looking at their friends, their peers, classmates, not uh, as Pastor David preached recently about tribalism, not that it's us versus them, but how it is that we could uh, live a life as a follower of Jesus. And, uh, you know, with my kids, they are talking about really complex issues in their schools. Um, they have friends. Uh, who have a different uh, sexual orientation and view of sexuality. How is it that they're supposed to live, um, especially in a world where things are polarized, whether it's politically, um, in terms of morality, in terms of religion, and how do they navigate through that in a way that they are on mission, in a way that they are living out the gospel? And um, that's, that's something I would love to be able to talk to my kids on an every day, every week basis. Uh, the reason why I get excited is because what I'm seeing is our vision and my family life is melding into one. It's not two separate spheres, but um, I'm, I'm living out our church's vision as I'm talking to our kids. There's about this being holistic sort of um, idea of enveloping the entire vision, right? It's about the gospel communities and in the everyday. It's your daily life, yes. but it's also community built into uh, really all of the words within yes. this this vision right. is a sense of a holistic communal um, approach to yes. loving God, but also loving your neighbors. Right, and we don't want our people to feel like this vision is a compartmentalized mm -hmm. or dichotomized, it's something that's separate, but we want them to see how it envelops everything. How about you, Pastor David? I mean, what is that? What has it been like for you in your own life, um, unpacking this vision and sort of how is it playing out for you? Yeah, I think it's twofold. Um, when I look at my kids and I think about the twelve-year-olds, um, the inner twelve-year-old, as you say. I think part of the job for me as I've been thinking about the missional communities and our church's vision is, you know, there's a lot of excitement when it comes to kids, you know, anything that they do. So, you know, everyone knows I go fishing all the time. And, and just yesterday, because the weather was so nice, I took my son right after school. We went to the little local pond. And just leading up to going, there's all this dreaming about the fact that we're going to catch this six-pound bass. You know, there's this hyping up of expectations. And I think... Part of the beauty of seeing this unfold is that dreaming process. Now, I think as we get older, 
some of it is, you know, through expectations. Like, for example, yesterday we didn't catch anything. And so <laughs> you repeat that. And I think what happens you is... You catch as, a big old rubber boot. Exactly, right? And as adults, I think what ends up happening is that dreaming gets often drowned out by the realities that, you know, oftentimes people outweigh the, the challenges and the difficulties. And so there's no more dreaming. And so how do we get the inner 12-year-olds to be really excited? On a more personal level for me, um, it, it hasn't necessarily been an issue of new truths or uncovering new facts or redefining the gospel or what mission is, but rather think, uh, seeing things with a new perspective. And that's what's been really interesting and really exciting is seeing a fuller picture and seeing it from a different side. Uh, things like that we've been talking about the whole time about what is the gospel, what is mission, what does it mean to be on community. These are, these are words that we've been throwing around, defined individually, collectively, a certain way. And now it's, you know, I think where we are, even politically and in a culture, we're constantly looking at things, not just the one defined way that we've always have, but asking, could there be a different perspective? And when we look at it from another perspective, does it change how we understand these words? And so for me personally, it hasn't necessarily been a journey of, wow, I didn't think the gospel meant that, or I had no idea that's what being missional meant. It's just seeing it from perspectives other than what we've always looked at and been really pleasantly surprised about how that really changes drastically the landscape of how we see words like gospel, community, being sent. Uh, and so in those areas, I think it's been very revealing for me personally. What are some of the ways folks are dreaming about this? What are some of the ways that folks um, are maybe doing it already in practice? Um, and, and maybe that might help others sort of take a moment to have space to also pause and, and reflect for themselves. You know, we have amazing people at our church who are committed leaders. And for us to say to them, your interaction with your neighbor is church work. It is on behalf of the church. And I've heard from people saying that felt so freeing. It felt so um, empowering for them to say, I, I don't have to feel divided and conflicted anymore. Should I go to church or should I spend time with my neighbor? And for us to say, hey, spending time with your neighbor is church. It is, you know, going on mission. And I, that's been great for me. Uh, <clears throat> you know, enjoy, for Joy, the question of space I think that's one of the reasons why when we presented this vision, we said this would be like a five to ten year vision um, because we know that it's not just strategy and programs and events. It is our people's mindset being uh, all of us being changed. Um, I think a big part of this is also our elders, elders and those other leaders who were more at the spearhead of, of this uh, vision. A lot of them have already been talking about ways they wanted to reach out to their neighbors. Um, we have several groups called beta groups who are about five steps ahead of the rest of the church really wanting to live this out and so they've been in their place of dreaming. Um, for us what's also been exciting is that the Korean speaking side, um, they started a ministry called the e it's a ESOL ministry for uh, just non-English speakers in this area and they had incredible fruits. So to, it was funny because when we talked about this vision, Pastor Paul was like, I think we have a group that's already doing this. And so we talked to them and they shared with us about their ministry and sent us some videos. 
And sure enough, they are, they are like the beta of beta groups here uh, with our church. So it's been really exciting. One thing that's also been exciting for us is we've been partnering with Austin Stone and the Village Church. They've been on this journey about 10 to 15 years ahead of us. And so it's been really great to um, partner with them. Uh, we're part of a cohort uh, group with them. And so we hear their stories and they're very transparent, very humble about sharing things that they messed up on uh, in their journey and and things that they did well and for Pastor Dave and myself to sit with them and uh, to discuss things with them it's been really great for us that's awesome I, it's not just I love hearing the idea that as we are developing the roadmaps or as we're dreaming that there is a communal aspect of it and how to shine a light on the everyday piece of that right where does that what does that look like as we think about, you know, in the sermon series, we impact a couple different challenges, obstacles, you know, to perhaps really, you know, embracing this vision. And some of it you touched on consumerism, individualism, tribalism. These are hairy topics, but they're also very human responses. What are some things that you would suggest or perhaps, you know, uh, offer our listeners to, to look at and think about as they're taking stock for themselves about where these three things, and, and these are just three of, of what might be many other topics that might be challenging to folks in terms of um, barriers to embracing this vision, what would you offer to them as a way to sort of first step of, of reflecting about where are they in, in this, in their own personal journey? To living out this vision yeah um, so I would say when I look back and reflect on my my own life and also with ministry I think one of the things we did not do well was when it came to gospel community and living a life on mission sent in the everyday in our minds we would say as long as we preached on it as long as we challenged our people from the pulpit and maybe went through a, a book study or read a book together about it and then set up programs or events around it, that's, that's our job. But I realized in coming across certain readings, there are things like consumerism, individualism, tribalism that are so, it, it's so ingrained in us that we almost in a sense would read or study or think about the gospel and and kind of circumvent go around it um, not engage it but not engage consumerism but just kind of shape the gospel around our consumeristic uh, uh, desires same thing with individualism and tribalism and um, you know some of the things Pastor David and I here is even community, for instance, like in our small group, you know, we still hear people say, how can this small group meet my need? And I think in the past we would say, yeah, how, how can we? And what are all your needs? And how can your group leader and, and how can we 
meet all your needs. And then we were realizing, what? Wait, hold on. You know, we we can't really move forward unless we really address the idol of consumerism, individualism, tribalism, and many other isms. You know, in, in within us. So, when we went through the sermon series, we wanted to really hit on on the things that are going on inside of us, not just talk about something and, and plan it and move ahead with it, but we wanted to address some things head on. Pastor David, what do you think? I think for me, um, just for our listeners, I think if I would be, I wouldn't want our listeners to have heard the three parts, especially when we were talking about the different idolatries or the major issues that that affect our church and culture. I would have hated for them to have heard it as a message where we as the pastoral staff are saying, hey, look, we recognize this, and so we are above it, and so we're teaching you that consumerism, individualism, and tribalism is bad. So I think that's the first thing I would say is that, look, I think one of the best ways that we can start to address it is that it's not just about you or them that struggles with it, but it's us. Mm. And the second thing is, you know, um, just the other day I was um, watching the TV, you know, watching TV and, and the the trailer for the new Avengers or the last one, it's coming up. And it kind of blew my mind that we've been on this journey with the whole Marvel Universe for the past 10 plus years. <laughs> How many more movies I can know, we exactly, make? I know, exactly, right. <laughs> But I think there is something uh, to be said about the way that this whole universe has been played out. Because if you think about it, if you had not seen, or if we had not been on this journey for the past 10 years, the movies that we're watching now wouldn't be as powerful, maybe even compelling. Because now we're drawn into this, again, the way the marketing is, is genius, this whole universe. In each of the characters' intricacies, the nuances, their personalities, their individual struggles, and through the comic relief and all the different stories, the tragedies, the backstories, the context, it gives us a fuller picture of everything. And I think what we're trying to do, especially as we're doing this Looking Ahead sermon series, is we're talking about the different things that affect our culture, the church. It's really putting into context what we're trying to talk about. Because again, we don't want to address gospel communities in a vacuum because it doesn't work that way. Because unless we're able to identify who we are, where we are, what's going on, and even, again, I know this word comes up, at least for me, over and over again, the political landscape, because I think we can't detach ourselves so much from it anymore that it makes not only sense, but it helps people connect to the human aspect of this, that, yeah, it's not just an intellectual ascent that we're trying to offer people. Here is a redefining of the gospel. Here's a redefining of mission. Here's a redefining of community. But let's take an honest and real look about where we are, who we are, and it gives us a fuller picture of how and why this is so important. What are the challenges that are gonna come up for it? And I think it gives us some legs, some arms, some tools to be able to really start addressing those questions. Because I think if it just, again, if we were to just approach it from an intellectual standpoint, it'd be very easy for people to check it off and be like, good, another Sunday, another good message, or I've been challenged or moved, but it would make no difference to the sense that you go back to your workplace, you go back home, you get back into your car, and there's no connection to it at all. Yeah. If I could uh, piggyback off of that, like, as, as um, Pastor David shared, the gospel, I, I think, that many of us grew up listening to or heard was very much tailored towards us as 
individuals um, for our needs and um, in a way where we are now separate from the world. And if, if you look at it in a, in a, with a certain jaded sense, we've become consumeristic, individualistic, and tribal. Like it's, and so what we're trying to do is now break out of that. Okay, it is not about ultimately you. It is not about you alone. Um, and it is not about us versus them. It's, it's the opposite in each of those ways. Uh, we are now for Christ and for others together on mission. And that's why it's going to take a long time for us to grow in this journey. That's, I'm, I love hearing that, and it's so exciting. To, to, our listeners can't see it, but I can see the passion <laughs> and, and sort of that comes through in, in your gestures sure. and your facial expressions. And it's 8.30 in the morning. And too. it's 8.30 yeah. in the morning. And it's this invitation, right, to be part of the universe, not the Marvel universe, but God's universe, and be in, in God's universe in this way. Um, looking ahead, like, what are some of the next steps? What are the things that we might be able to um, do or ways that we can engage um, the rest of the church in this process? Um, and, and perhaps also in our own, in our own communities, Implement or, or sort of even, even short term, right? Not, not necessarily talking about the 10 year plan. In the short term, how can we become that these gospel communities that in the everyday? Like our vision says, it starts with the gospel. I think um, the first thing that we can do is really listen and really take time to take stock. Um, how do we understand what the gospel? really says. And for us to be quick to point out, yeah, there are things about the gospel, how I understand Jesus and my life in him, that is, oh my goodness, it, it is very consumeristic. It is still very much about me. And there are areas of my life that I still feel very much, um, how does John, you know, come out on top? How does John come out better from this and it's in that place where I just need to repent. I need to um, confess that this is really the case. Um, I think for our church also to take time to think through um, how we are still very uh, individualistic. And this is where, you know, for us on the small group side, we really want to not just preach it, but in our structure, in the way that we gather, our culture. Uh, we really want our small groups to be gospel communities. Um, so even in the name that they think of themselves, okay, the reason why we're gathering here all together is ultimately at the end of it is because of who Jesus is and because of what he did for us and for us to really come to that place. Um, one area that I'm excited about for us, we have our uh, elders and uh, other leaders who are wanting to move ahead and live this out so that they want to share uh, not just plans and strategies but out of their own lives as well and that that's been great uh, for us to be able to witness and and to be able to see the question is how's it going to look what's going to happen and that's where we really don't have uh, an answer uh, but we are 
going on that journey together. Um, we have a working group uh, at our church um, who are going to share more out of out of where they're at. So we hope to be able to hear from different sectors and parts of the church as well. I think for me, some next steps, maybe it'll be easier to paint a picture. It's kind of like we've taken a stagnant pool of water and created a little path where the water can start flowing. And so it's been at a certain place and now we're almost releasing a dam, so to speak, where the water can start flowing. And for those listeners that have been part of uh, a retreat that I spoke at several years ago, you know this phrase because it's, the quote is that movement is life. And really, I think the next steps and the challenge that I would like for our church to hear is that, you know, that's, that's in the short term and in the long term, kind of what we're hoping our church is going to do is, is that we're starting to move. We've been in this stagnant kind of place, not just as a church at Open Door, but the way I see it, as the 20th century second generation English congregation or English ministry, we've been in a stagnant pool of how we understand our identity, how we understand what church is, how we understand what our purpose is. And one of the reasons why this has been so so difficult is that we're now draining or asking people to move from that place of familiarity. And so I think you're feeling a little bit of pushback, a little bit of tension from different individuals who are saying, well, you know, this is what we've known our whole lives. Where are we supposed to go? And, and even for the, quote unquote, the fish who are in this pond, you know, when the water's starting to drain, you get a little bit concerned or nervous and, and so on and so forth. But I think in the short term, as much as the challenge it is for us as pastoral staff, if our church could hear that, yes, the reality is it's going to feel threatening. The reality is it's going to feel difficult. The reality is it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be messy. There's going to be many times, again, going back to that whole roadmap analogy where we're going to have to recalculate or to restructure. But as long as we're moving, right, and I think if that could be the daily short-term, yearly, monthly, whatever, as long as we're moving, I think we'll be in a good place. And so if I were to give any sort of practical suggestion, even in our personal life, that's the the truth, is that the moment that we stop, quote-unquote, moving in our spiritual journeys, that's when we become stagnant, right? In our understanding, in our growth, in our relationships, the moment that you stop moving, even in our personal relationship with my family, my kids, that's when things become stagnant, things become you know, they just don't, it's not healthy for, for anything. And so as long as we as a church are constantly moving towards a direction um, that at times, yes, it may feel like we're getting lost. But for me, as long as I'm moving, it doesn't really matter that we're lost because even in that journey, we discover things about who we are. And I'd rather be lost trying to find the right way than just sit there getting stagnant and dirty right just rotten water again everything is about fishing and movement for me but you know that's what it comes we down can't to, get to away be from those I, I love it thank you so much for just sharing your time this morning on an early saturday thank you for um the intentionality that you guys have put into sort of not the, it's not a it's a campaign but it really is an unfolding of this journey and and um I'm really looking forward to seeing how we're moving, but right, another way of saying that is it's growing, right? But growing together in the same direction, um, that's where life happens. Right.
and that's so exciting. So thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks for joining us um, here beyond the threshold. Um, and we really look forward to, to being on this journey together. Thanks for having us, Joy. Yeah, thank you. We would like to thank our senior pastor, John Cha, and executive pastor, David Chang, for taking the time to chat with us on Beyond the Threshold. You can connect with both pastors after Sunday services, or if you have any questions, want more resources, contact them online through our ODPC website. For more information on The Threshold, visit us at threshold.odpcec.org and subscribe to our blog for ODPC news, discourse, and creative content. If you'd like to share your story with us and be featured on Beyond the Threshold, please contact threshold at odpcec.org. To all our listeners, thank you for stepping beyond the threshold with me. Special thanks to John Lynn and Sarah O. I'm Joy from Open Door Presbyterian Church. Be sure to join us next time on Beyond the Threshold.